0: Welcome, everyone, to another special episode of the Bolt from the Blue podcast. It's been a fantastic time uh, for Manchester City since the last time we spoke to you, which was after the win against Arsenal. uh, The three of us guys here have just uh, finished watching uh, another Liverpool loss, which is, you know, you can hear the chuckles in the background. It's extremely gratifying. And uh, the owner of those chuckles is the first of our uh, contributors we're going to introduce, and that's Ray from City Fan TV on YouTube. How are you doing, Ray? Michael, young Michael,
1: I'm doing very well, tremendously well. You know, since we uh, last spoke on the pod, City have won three games. Uh, United have got, I think that was it, three goalless draws, Uh, (laughs) drop points everywhere, Leicester, Liverpool. I'm just looking at uh, Jurgen Klopp's. Uh, Post match uh, interview. He's very unhappy. He's, um, you know, in the last few weeks, he's blamed everything like the wind and this and that. And apparently tonight, he's blamed Meghan Markle. So it's Meghan Markle's fault that little <laughs> how has lost. Really? How did he wrap her into that? <laughs> Mate, I just made that up. But the thing It's something that- on social media today where she's been getting the blame for every single thing.
0: Yes. Okay, I can see the logic. Um, but the the weird thing is that Colin and I believed you, and we're going to press you for further information. <laughs> and the thing, but the weird thing is the way Klopp Klopp has gone.
1: Klopp is losing it. He's losing it. Um, you know, he was arguing with the fourth official. Um, you know, they're struggling to get top four now. Um, you know, if they don't get top four, that they're already uh, tight finances. They're going to get take a spanking, aren't they? Um, you know, missing out in Champions League because Liverpool basically need Champions League. And, um, you know, was people were joking tonight that they might not even get the Europa League. I mean, that would be, uh, besides, tremendously funny. It'd be really bad for, for Liverpool. And, you know, what would happen to people like uh, Salah and Mane? You know, would they be thinking, Pfft, I'm Oscar. It's tremendous news.
0: Yes, it is. I think the reason why we, the, we lent your little, Megan uh, comment some credulity was um, I think it was either the game before last or the one before where I think the they were blaming the fo- the fog actually that was Man United actually they're blaming blaming the fog so we're getting some fantastic excuses um, as uh, we approach um, the end of the season the second uh, contributor that we have as you would expect is uh, Twitter's press which blew. Mr. Colin Savage. Colin, how have you been doing? How are you?
2: I'm good. Working very hard, but, um, you know, nice to come on and relax a bit.
0: It is indeed. Well, guys, we've got like a a little bit of a skeleton agenda. Uh, we're going to start off and talk about the game against Wolves, then um, because it's the most recent. Uh, and then um, the couple of games that uh, we haven't commented on, uh, we'll we'll talk about. And then there should be some interesting and rather tasty things to discuss uh, to finish off the pod at the end in the extra session, but um, we'll start off with the game against Wolves and um, a very very interesting uh, late late developments in this game. But we're not gonna we're not gonna preempt uh, the guys' comments on this. But um, uh, what were before the game, um, Ray? What were you expecting from Wolves?
2: Um. Uh,
1: must always give us a tough game. Um, you know, we were joking before the game that um, Triore hadn't scored a goal this season. He hadn't got an assist this season, and uh, yeah, he's got—he's got sixty percent of his Premier League goals are against Manchester City. Something a ridiculous stat like something like that. So we were just joking that he's going to turn up and be prime uh, Ronaldo or something or Messi and or Lewandowski, and score a goal or two uh, to, to beat us. But to be honest, I, I just expected a, a tough game. Um, I expected a solid defensive line from, from Wolves, keeping it tight. And I thought we'd have to work really hard to to pick up the win.
0: Uh, how about you, Colin? Was there anything about the Wolf that gave you a reason to believe that this could halt this staggering run of wins?
2: Uh, yeah, because... Um... Uh, last season they did the double over us, didn't they? So mm-hmm. uh, they, they they always seem to be a bit of a bogey team for us. Um, you know, and, and as Ray said, uh, Trey you know, uh, plays most of the season as Mister Messi, and then turns into Lionel Messi when he plays <laughs> against us. So yeah, um, yeah, I was nervous about this. And of course, the more the more you get into a run like this, and you know, when you get to a point where if you if you win the game. Um, you've got a record because I mean everyone's talked about the unbeaten record, but in fact, um, there's an argument, and Gary James puts the argument that in fact we had that run, twenty game run, when we beat Wolves in the League Cup, uh, but we beat them on penalties. And Gary James is not a man who I'd argue stats with particularly, and, and his view was that IFAB, the international body that make the rules, recognise a win on penalties as a win. Now, mm-hmm. to me, if you go to penalties, you haven't won the game. You know, you go to penalties because you haven't won the game. But, but so, but now that that Wolves game, ironically, was the same team. Of course, that put it beyond any doubt. It's twenty-one games unbeaten. Yeah. Okay. So twenty-one games won. Sorry, more than twenty-eight unbeaten, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think we were given some statistics from Europe, and I think it's it's Bayern Munich who have the the longest stretch of wins at uh, 23. And I think, um, uh, there's another team between them and us, um, as well. But, um, yep. Uh, this was, uh, the, the pre-match talk, um, about these records and, uh, what, uh, wolves might do. Here's the lineups. Um, so as usual, you have, um, Ederson in, in goal and, uh, Cancelo on the on the left, Walker on the right at the back, and uh, Diaz and Laporte in the centre. So no Zinchenko there. Um, Cancelo on his on his wrong side, and uh, uh, Stones uh, rested in central midfield. Obviously, we have this uh, this conundrum now. We've got five great people who can go into that midfield, um, and you've got to choose um, three. And so this time Pep went for. Uh, Rodri, uh, Bernardo Silva and KDB, so there's no place for Foden, uh, no place for Gundogan, obviously Fernandinho is being rested so that he can uh, shackle Bruno Fernandes in in that game that's uh, going to come next and up front we had uh, Mares. I suspect we may be talking about him and trying to wring some compliments out of Ray about Mares, which is not easy to do um, Gabby J obviously in 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 the centre up front, and Sterling. But as Colin has pointed out, the the you know looking at the this the you know the the formation, it doesn't tell you about how they're going to you know execute that. Um, just taking a quick uh, look at uh, uh, Wolves, then you've got Ru Patricio in goal. You've got Den Donker, size with Cody um, between them in a back three. Then you've got, um, former, former Liverpool, uh, youngster, uh, however, you've got Ruben Neves and João Moutinho and, uh, a chap called Castro Otto, um, on the other side, uh, in, in a, in a four. And then you've got Nelson Semedo and Neto and you've got, uh, Tra- Traore at the top of what, uh, looks like from the midfield, like a, almost a mini Christmas tree formation. But um, I think uh, one of the other records that was broken with this game is the sheer number of Portuguese uh, internationals <laughs> in, in both squads um, is quite interesting. Um, all right, guys, let's get started. So um, how did you find the opening exchanges? How did City look to you uh, for that first half? We'll start off with Colin.
2: Uh, well, you know, I kind of go into games these days expecting us to be a bit sluggy. Sluggish in the first half, and you know, uh, w- one of my most common Twitter comments at forty-five minutes is, "Well, you know, Pepple sorted it out at halftime." But actually, I thought we were quite good. Um, one of our better performances. We got stuck in quite quickly. Um, you know, Kevin De Bruyne wasn't quite on form. He hasn't been for the last two games. Uh, but Rodri was was playing well. Bernardo was all over the place. Um, I thought we started off really well.
0: And uh, Ray, um, what was your feelings about how we started? I mean, um, my personal view was that that uh, that first half was uh, fairly dominant. Um, what did you think?
1: Oh, it was a very dominant first half. Um, my only, you know, criticism, uh, which is <laughs> you've heard it many times, is we were very dominant. We had uh, I can't remember how many passes over. Was it over four hundred passes? Completed in that first half, it was, um, but but we we didn't create too many chances for all our dominance. We didn't create too many chances in the first half. We scored a goal, obviously, and we had a couple of goals uh, in the last uh, minute or two of the half. Uh, apart from that, I'm not sure. You know, and and and, and, and pa- one of the things about all this control we have, I'd like us to create chances, get that second goal, put games to bed and then relax a little bit, partly for my own nerves, um, and, and partly so that the, the, the players can take it easy, conserve some energy, we can make some subs early in the second half. Um, so that's my, my, my only frustration, and it's been for a few games, is for all our dominance, we we don't take con- total control of the game by scoring that second goal. We give I- the opposition uh, an opportunity to come back into the game, the longer the game is either 0 nil or one 0 to City, um, the more likely that the other team, the opposition, will gain a little bit of confidence because they know they're still in the game. And when you're still in the game, you know you, any bit of luck, a bit of um, skill, can get you back in the game, get you level, and who knows what happens then?
2: I think I'd, well, I'd give Wolves, Sorry, I'd give Wolves some credit for um, making life difficult for us. In that first half, I thought they played quite well, uh, and let's be honest. I mean, that front three was a little bit quiet, which you know there wasn't a great deal of threat coming from them
0: until the fifteenth minute, Colin. When I think um, that was the first sort of instance where um, the Prince of Algeria, as I call him, began to present his credentials, um, and uh, just to talk about what happened there. Uh, for this uh, goal which went down as an own goal for den donker but we'll just go over to Ray. what did you make of it?
1: um yeah it was, it was a nice ball from uh, Rodri Crossfield to Mares. as usual what you expect from Mares, he controlled it <laughs> um, unbelievably well um put an, a good cross in. Um, Sterling coming in at the far post, Dedonka really didn't have a choice, he had to do something, he had to get something on the ball. Having said that, if you'd seen uh Raheem Sterling sometimes at the far post, maybe he should have let it go and maybe Sterling would have missed. But Dedonka, you know, had to try and get something uh, before Sterling did, and he just put it in the back of the net. Um, you know, it was. It was a well-crafted goal, having you know said all that, and Dendonker was just in the wrong, you know, in, in a place where he had, he had no other alternative.
0: Uh, Colin, if Dendonker had not got a touch on it, surely um, even in your uh, moments of extreme doubt and um, diffidence, uh, you wouldn't have picked Raheem to miss from there, would you? Yeah, would no, you? he would
2: have. He would have got that. It was. I mean. I say you've got to give great credit to Mares, who just seems to be coming into a nice one of form, doesn't he? His technique is I've always said this, his technique is just superb. You know, I wish you'd take Raheem Sterling for, you know, an hour's training and and teach him how to, you know, to really develop a first touch. Because, you know, Mm. if if he doesn't get that doesn't get that ball under control first time, it it might have been a different story. But of course he does, he just brings it down so brilliantly. Uh, and the ball was Inch perfect. Uh, Sterling could not have missed. Simple mm-hmm. as that. If the dunker hadn't got there, Sterling could not have missed. And uh, are, Ray I'm going on the record saying that.
0: Yo, good to know. Ray um, Colin mentioned about uh, Mares uh, coming into um, a nice bit of form. Obviously, Kevin De Bruyne uh, started the game. Um, do you feel that he is um, making progress in in the effort to get back to his best? Um Slowly, slowly. I, I, I felt
1: he created more uh, this game. He had more, uh, as I call them, moments of magic or magical moments in the game. But he, he's still not playing for me at the level that um he should be. Yes, he's just come back from injury and all that, but his ceiling is so much higher. He's not consistently dominating games. And I think that's what we need. If he's going to play... And, you know, I've argued that he right now should be on the bench or, um, as a false nine. If he's playing, he's got to, for me, he's got to do more. He's got to contribute more. And, and he can't keep making mistakes. He can't keep giving the ball away. Uh, and he can't keep um, over hitting passes.
0: And he can't keep um, shooting over the bar. I mean, um, I don't know what it is. I've been watching a lot of games recently. And pretty much, um, I think it's a lost start in a way um you anyone who winds up from sort of more than about 25 yards out you've just you you just feel for sure um that it's going to go over the bar it almost always does I mean I can't remember the last player that I can remember who you know could strike them in from that sort of distance with with real regularity Colin what do you think
2: well we've seen him do it haven't we I was watching um uh, a kind of a YouTube reel of, of goals and you know you think of that goal against Chelsea he scored goal against PSG the free kick against Barca you know he's hammering in from 25 yards regularly but his, his his touch just seems to have deserted him at the moment but let, let's hope you know he's just feeling his way back in. Uh, And on the running, when we need him, you know, I I think uh, obviously we still need to win a few games to win the title. But, uh, you know, we'd love to win the Champions League. We've got we're only a game away from our first trophy. We're still well in the FA Cup, though a tough game uh, trip to Everton. So, you know, if he comes back into form, you know, uh, by the end of this month, I think we'll all be happy.
0: Yeah, I I, I think I tend to agree with Ray that... um, I think I do feel that he is um, slowly uh, getting back there. O- obviously, uh, during the game, and certainly a couple of times in the first half, he was on target. Keeper made good save uh, once, and it went just narrowly wide on another occasion. But um, we needed the second goal, as has been pointed out. And uh, I felt absolutely sure we had it, uh, uh, Ray, on the 44th minute. And this was my man, Laporte and uh i i thought that was a, a sweet move a, a great strike and um i you know just words fail me how that wasn't given um, was, perhaps perhaps you weren't so annoyed as i was but
1: um no I, I, look i wanted
0: that second goal um and it was uh,
1: disallowed for offside by the most minuscule of margins uh, some people are arguing if you have to draw lines on the pitch um for to do to, to, Work out whether something's offside or not. Just give it as a, a onside, you know, because VAR was supposed to really um sort out the howlers, the big, you know, obvious, clear and obvious errors. And this is a clear and obvious error, you know, the fact that Laporte was offside, back because his shoulder was sticking out a little bit more than the defender's foot. I mean, that's it. And uh, you know, the last I uh, looked uh, you know if, if it's his arm he can't score from his arm so it has to be a part of your body that you can score from you know and, and could they really tell that he hit spot on flush on his shoulder rather than the upper arm um, it's just for me it's just too tight to call and I'm I'm tempted to go along with the people who are
0: advocating
1: if it's if you're drawing lines it's too tight to call give the advantage to the attackers give it a goal
0: yeah, I, I just remember someone on Twitter talking about that uh, they saw it as as kind of the shoulder of um, Laporte, and they said the shoulder is not um, something that you can score from. And of course, quick as a flash, some City fan showed uh, the uh, the the GIF or the the GIF of uh, Balotelli scoring with his shoulder uh, quite famously for City. Uh, Colin, if you had the power uh, in a hypothetical world to make a change to the current uh, laws on offside to uh, to get rid of these kinds of situations? Um, how would you frame it, do you think?
2: Well, in my professional life, um, my work is all about solving problems. And to solve those problems, I ask the questions, why and what? <coughs> oh, excuse me. So the fundamental question is, what are you trying to do with the offside law? And the, the whole history of the offside law is stop the attacker gaining an unfair advantage. So it was brought in w- when teams uh, left an attacker well um, goal hanging. Is that
0: where uh, Gary Lineker got most of his goals from? Well, yeah. That's just a, yeah. I'm just kidding, and Gary. I, if it,
2: and, I, and I, of course, I remember those days. Of course, you know, um, before you um, remind me, but yeah, joking apart, it was it was to stop the attacker getting an unfair advantage by basically standing, you know, on the six-yard box, waiting for the ball to come. And, um, you know, some of the improvements that have been put in the offside law have helped it. So this, you know, uh, even in my day, I remember, you know, a player could be offside on the left wing uh, when the ball was on the right wing and and the player not involved in play uh, and would still be flagged offside. So obviously that's a a change for the better, the... the, um, the interpretation of a player has to be um, active or whatever you want to call it. But we've kind of forgotten why we did the offside law. Was Laporte or, or you know, and, and you can look at any other situation. Um, there was one tonight, Timo Timo Werner, was it? Yeah, um, that's right. You know, Mo Salah. I'm, you know, I'm not looking at it from a city point of view. Mo Salah had one a few weeks ago where his toe was offside. You know, is that gaining an advantage so as Ray said I quite agree with what Ray says you know if you have to draw a line if it's not obvious at first sight then give the advantage to the attacker if you're going to draw lines then for me the whole of the attacker body should be ahead of the defender
0: yeah yeah that makes sense and um, would you would you even go as far as uh, supporting the daylight theory where there has to be visible di- daylight between the attacker and the last man?
2: uh yeah well yeah um mm. you know I, it, it, if you're going to do it by drawing lines then you know the the line at the back of the attacker's foot and it should be feet we shouldn't be talking about arms it should be feet yeah, yeah. um the line at the back of the attacker's foot should be ahead of the line at the front of the defenders or level mhm mhm because that to me is where you can start talk about gaining an advantage. And I'd even, got, I don't know why I even thought of this, but I'd even let the referees decide, is the attacker gaining an advantage by being in that position? Mm-hmm. Um, I, although letting those idiots decide anything that involves common sense is probably not a good idea.
0: Yeah, I think just to quote Mr Lineker again, in one of his more sensible uh, tweets, he just made the observation that nowadays level means... Uh, offside, basically, um, which is ridiculous. You know, just,
2: sorry. Let's just let's just go back to the original purpose of the offside law.
0: Yeah, yeah. stop
2: the attacker yeah. gaining an unfair advantage. Unless we mm-hmm. no, let's look at the offside law and remember those words: unfair advantage. Someone's toe being in front of the defender's buttock is not gaining an unfair advantage.
0: Someone's yeah.
1: pointing. that's that's one of the frustrating ones When someone's pointing where they want the ball is that gaining an unfair advantage
0: i <laughs> don't think so mm. it is it's just really really uh, one of those things that uh really is beginning to beggar belief some of these decisions um and hopefully you know hopefully uh you know some kind of you know crescendo will build such that they take action on that it's it's almost it's uh, it's hard to know whether that or the 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 laws regarding handball or are, are, are worse but uh, perhaps that's a discussion for another time at the end of the half just on the stroke of half time we got a a little flash of someone else who um uh, put in a sterling performance uh, in the second half and that's not a reference to rahim but rather rui patricio who had a great game second half made a very sharp uh, save from a Bernardo uh, header. Unfortunately, uh, Bernardo Silva basically skied the, the, the rebound and, and that's where the the, the first half ended. Uh, were, was there anything else in that first half that uh, you guys would like to, um, to mention or shall we pr- proceed on to the more interesting second half?
2: No, as we said, it was a dominant first half for us but one goal is um, never enough. It is
0: indeed, and uh, no one was, no one that I saw anyway on Twitter was getting uh, ahead of themselves. We move into the second half. No changes to either side, and uh, we're just wondering, uh, you know, what's going to happen? Are we going to fall foul of um, Mr. Baby Oil? I think they're they're calling him um, Ray. I didn't realise this, but apparently. Adama Traore has the habit of covering his upper body in baby oil so that people can't um hang on to him. I, don't, <laughs> I don't, don't think he doesn't need baby oil. You can't hang <laughs> on to his
1: muscles. He's <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. I think yeah, he I was could give... where you're going with that, Michael. Actually. <laughs> be... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can I can certainly understand that, but um, he he was um, showing himself just um, just a little bit. Uh, looked quite promising in the opening minutes of the second half, but um, his influence was not really felt too much in the the game. Um, In the second half, Colin, did you feel that, um, if you could guess uh, what Pep had said or any uh, tweaks that he had made, uh, have a stab at that one?
2: Well, yeah, as, as I said before, you know, usually we go in, we've had a bit of a sluggish first half. Pep will make some tweaks to sort it out, but... I don't think there was anything that really needed to be said other than take your chances. You know, as I I, say, Wolves, I think, had defended very well. Rui Patricio had had a good half. Um, You know, they defended for their lives. They kept us quiet. I think that, you know, our front three were the quietest of our team. But, uh, you know, if I'd have been Pep, I'd have have said just keep going. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Lovely uh, strike from uh, Mahrez, uh, just about 10 minutes in. Dropped a shoulder, came in from uh, the right, aimed for the top left. uh, Another great save from uh, Rui Patricio. Um, For me, it sort of felt like um, a matter of time. And um, uh, 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 several little uh, chances uh, for City, and then um, Wolves were the first to make a substitution, and uh, they Brought on the wonderfully named uh, Johnny um, for uh, Silva. City continued hogging possession, um, not quite as fast uh, perhaps as some of the exchanges in the first half. But I felt like on the hour mark, uh, Ray, that Wolves were beginning to work their way back into it. I don't know if that's how you saw it, but um, people like uh, Mutinho and Neto seemed to be getting some joy in the in the midfield.
1: As I I said, you know, the longer you you don't get that second to kill the game off, uh, the opposition can creep slowly, slowly into the game, gain some confidence. You know, as I said, it just takes a half chance, a mistake, uh, a flash of brilliance, uh, and it can easily be level, and so it proved.
0: Uh, So it proved um, just a minute later on 61, um, uh, Colin, um, the unthinkable happened. Uh, It looked certainly like... um, Diaz and Laporte were bisected by uh, Corner Cody and he beat them both to, um, to uh, was it a free kick towards the far post?
2: Yep, it was a free kick. Machino. I mean, I, I think Neves and Machino, they've, ne- they've never really delivered the promise that you'd expect from them. Um, but they, they can always put in a, you know, a ball or Neves can crack one in. Uh, and it was a beautiful. It was. Kevin De Bruyne style free kick, wasn't it? it was a beautiful play, and Cody got between the centre backs. Uh, had to dive to head it in. I think that's his, was that his first Premier League goal or something.
0: It was, and in fact, it was uh, Wolves' uh, first uh, entrance into our, our area, <laughs> yeah. uh, the penalty area. And uh, once again, uh, reminiscent of Pep's first season. That was um, basically. Uh, their first, first shot at goal as well. Ederson hadn't done anything before then.
2: Yeah, so, um, I mean, but I mean, we sort of expected it, didn't we? You know, when you won the up, uh, you know, it, and it, it's Wolves, isn't it? You know, they've always seemed to be able to find a way of doing something against us. So it didn't come up. I, I was almost expecting to score from the free kick. So I was sitting there thinking, this is going in the back of the net, and it did. But that just seems to rouse us to fury, doesn't it, a little bit.
0: It it, uh, it it should do. Although my personal feeling was that the goal really buoyed them and they really started to get stuck in. But before they managed to to gain the momentum that they subsequently did, there was a a great opportunity. I thought uh, Ray and uh, uh, Jesus got one on one with a keeper, really low drive across Patricia. He managed to get his toe to to it. Do, do you remember that one? That that was an amazing save.
1: Yeah, I mean. It, There was was actually a good few minutes for Jesus um, of of, of getting through. Um, On the 62nd minute, he had a a shot, but it was a tight angle and he he actually just lashed that over. He just hit it hard. Uh, I've written no composure. Um, And then he had another tight angle and he showed a bit more composure. He he kept it, uh, if I'm right, low and hard across the keeper. And he just got a a foot to it and uh, deflected it past the far post. Um, but I also noted that Wolves uh, were getting more opportunities too. It wasn't just one way; it was it was more more of an even game, and dare I say it, a lot less boring than the first half. You know, Wolves were actually having a go. Once they scored that goal, they were having a go at us. They they knew or they felt there was uh, more than one point available to them if they uh, carried on uh, with their positive play, and they did have a good chance. Um, on the 69th minute, uh, Rodri lost the ball and a good chance from Triori, which uh, I think he wasted. Um, but it was it was more of a, an even contest. I still thought overall we were the uh, stronger and the better team. Um, but Wolves was definitely in that game.
0: Absolutely, and uh, Colin, just before that uh, chance that uh, Ray referred to, where Triori put it over the bar, a la Gabriel Jesus uh, style. Um. Couple of sharp chances uh, as four wolves. One was um, uh, deflected off uh, Diaz and the other one deflected by Laporte. So those two, um, you know, putting in important blocks. Is it? I mean, it, how far off um, the much vaunted partnership of Diaz and uh, Stones do you think Laporte is? Because to me, it doesn't look much in it. I mean, he—I thought he had an impressive game. Well, uh, yeah, what, he did. What, What's his standing in, in, in the City squad at the moment?
2: Mm, well, you know, I think we'd all say at the moment the first choice partnership is Diaz and Stones, who look absolutely impregnable. But Laporte was kind of quite cruelly dumped after the Spurs game, and I think he deserved to be dumped. <laughs> I think it was a terrible game in that game. And um, I don't think we expected Stones to come the, come the way he has done. Because no, he's absolutely well, he's more than back to his best. Um, so I think Laporte at the moment has got to be the third choice. But yeah. when he's come in now, he seems to have learned his lesson, he's worked hard. When he's come in, he has done very well. Mm-hmm.
0: He has should we indeed. Could
2: we go to a back three?
0: would uh, be. it would be tempting. Um, Ray will started to get a bit tasty from about the 70th to the 80th minute you'd got like one crunching tackle for Matinho on Rodri uh you had another one Neto on on De Bruyne they were getting stuck in they kind of sent or seemed to sent um, an opportunity um but sort of normal service i thought was uh kind of um uh, it, it returned 3 4 minutes later there was a glorious Incident. Um, I, I don't know if you remember this back heel from. Um, yeah, Sterling back Sterling. heel. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Maras was involved
1: yet again. He was putting in some tasty crosses uh, for a change. Uh, Sterling got a back heel to one of them. It just drifted past uh, the fire post. That would have been some goal, and uh, it'd have been the kind of goal that we'd, there'd be a gif, and um, we'd, we'd be replaying it for weeks. Uh, on end, looking at how wonderful that was. It, it was a nice bit of skill from Sterling. It's a shame uh, he didn't score. He had another opportunity um, a, a few minutes later where he, he shot just wide, and I think it clipped the post uh, as it went. He just couldn't get enough bend on it. So, you know, we were um, knocking on the door by that stage.
0: Yeah, that was a, a brilliant chance. You felt something was coming, um, but we I don't think any of us would have uh, we we certainly would have pr- predicted maybe um, City to take the lead. We didn't necessarily expect a, a, a flurry of goals, but um, that's what we got. And the first one, uh, Colin, in the 80th minute, Gabriel G- Jesus. Apparently, he can when he wants to uh, stay on side, and he, he can find the back of the net in important games and score important goals. Not just adding, you know, a little bit of icing. On on the top of the cake of an already won game. Um, this was Marez again sliding Walker clear. And um, um, you know uh, we we always have we've, we've talked about Walker's lack of um, proficiency in in the opponents' at half, but he 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 put a great little uh, ball in there, didn't
2: he? He did, yeah. I mean, um, no complaints about that. So we have complained about his. Lack of end product when he's in good positions, but uh, that was a cracking ball. I mean, it was a Maures standard ball, and and Gabriel Jesus does what Gabriel Jesus does. You know, he, he he kind of turned very quickly and and got the shot in. It did, and uh, and uh, it was uh, it, it,
0: at first glance it looked to be uh, you know unfortunate again because I think um, what actually happened, Ray, is that that fizzing cross from Walker hit Dendonker again. This time yeah. on the heel. Yeah. That effectively uh, teed up Gabby J for the shot. Is that is is that how you remember it?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It
1: was very unlucky, Dindonka in the wrong place <laughs> at the wrong time. Um, very unlucky to to come off him and then Gabby from correctly, hit it with his left foot. He swiveled and hit it um, well, well struck. Goal um, So, you know got us two one and I think from from that moment on uh, there was only ever going to be one winner.
0: That's it. The, you know, we thought this is it. It's, it's 2 1 city. were um, very, very comfortable. But, um, then, you know, where one comes, here comes another. And, uh, someone who's becoming at this point in many people's minds, a candidate or, or even a prime candidate for man of the match was the scorer, Maris uh, himself. Uh, Colin, describe this one for us. And I think well, is, he, this, this was that um, young American player who'd just come on and unfortunately um blotted the copybook didn't he uh,
2: um, yeah i, I do Tassouji,
0: I, I think is
2: i don't remember the build up to the goal particularly well but uh mares it's a bit of a speciality of his that isn't it that that shot you know across the keeper in off the far post um at, and, uh, you know no one does it better do they i mean actually mount scored a not a dissimilar goal tonight against liverpool didn't he and uh you know, when you see him try and tee that left foot shot up, you know, you know, nine times out of ten, it's going to be on target. So it was a that was an absolutely cracking goal, and and um, you know that that obviously the game was over at that point.
0: Yeah, it, just in that build up um, for people that um, maybe do remember this, they brought on a twenty year old young American. Um, uh, he was uh, robbed by Rodri, who fed Gundo and between Gundu and Sterling, they combined to tee up Mahrez. And it was a wonderful strike from him. Um, icing on the cake, you felt. And uh, that was it. But City weren't done <laughs> because uh, 90 plus 3, um, I think, was the recorded time for this one. Yes. Um, what happened here uh, to make this 4-1 and put a real gloss on it, Ray? There was a shot that came in.
1: Patricio made another save. Uh, and then Gabby Jesus just picked up the pieces. I think people thought it was offside. They they seem to spend a bit of, a bit of an age checking this, um, but it it uh, it was onside and it was a goal for for one.
0: Uh, yep, yeah, this time the 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 VAR uh, review went for us. Um, and for one, it was uh, Colin. Do you do you think that it flattered us? Uh,
2: uh, no, not really. Uh, it was a bit cruel on Wolves because obviously our the three goals came in the last 10 minutes plus injury time, two really in injury time or um, in those last few minutes. But I was thinking about this afterwards. I thought, was it a bit cruel on Wolves? When I think 4-1, when you consider the level of dominance we had, and really they they only came into the game after they scored the goal. They had a 10-minute you know, spell. I don't think it was particularly unfair on us. Maybe 3-1 you'd have said was a a very fair result. But I I don't Mm. think 4-1 was desperately unfair.
0: Maybe a bit disrespectful, perhaps. But, um, yeah, just uh, referring back to that um, stat I mentioned at at the top of the pod, there's only three teams in the top uh, five European leagues where uh, teams have um, gone more than 20 games uh, all all one. And I, I mentioned that the leader in that respect is Bayern Munich, 23 in nineteen and uh, in twenty twenty, and then um, can you guess the other one? They scored twenty. They had the twenty two wins in twenty fourteen. They are in position two at the moment.
1: Normally, it's it's IAC. It's IAC. It's not Ajax. not Ajax, Ajax. It would have been a long time ago. Twenty fourteen. <coughs>
0: can't, mm-hmm. can't be Liverpool or City.
2: Mm-hmm. Come on, Cole. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. we talking about the European leagues or
0: yes, the top five European leagues. Bayern Munich. Uh, 23 wins in a row, and then the second team is 22 in a row. Who do you think that might have been? It was in 2014. Well,
2: I, I thought it might be someone like Porto, but you wouldn't call them one of the top. You wouldn't no, call that
0: on one of the top. I don't think this is a farmer's league, really. Some is she? No. No, that is a farmer's league. <laughs> okay, I think I might have to put you out of your misery. This is Real Madrid.
2: Oh, of course, yeah. That
0: was my other guess. Anyway. Yep. Okay. Now, uh, the person we were talking about a little bit in this game, Riyad Mahrez, who was very impressive, he's now scored uh, 30 goals. uh, Well, he's been involved in 30 goals and 38 starts in all competitions, 15 goals, 15 uh, assists, despite, you know, the evidence of your eyes, which suggests that he's desperately inconsistent. Um, uh, Yeah, I I just uh, got a little bit of confirmation here about the point that I... I mentioned earlier there were more Portuguese players starting in this game between City and Wolves than in any other Premier League game in history. Is that, is that some, there was eight. How many started then, Mike? Uh, well, eight. The,
2: the eight was wasn't it? The, no.
0: the answer. The answer to this one is eight, and yeah. that is the
1: that's no. the record. Mm-hmm. Seven started. Uh, Silva came on. He was the eighth.
0: Okay, well, involved then rather than starting. Um, Okay. And uh, another, just an interesting one to finish off with is uh, Man City have made more changes to their starting 11 than any other side in the Premier League this season. That's uh, That's 79 changes. Tinkerman, indeed. Yeah, you remember the 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 former man the the former manager back in the day who first earned the name Tinkerman? Yeah,
2: um, Ranieri.
0: Ranieri. Ranieri, that's right. No My uh, that yeah, yeah, Ranieri. He. Whenever I was working in London, he actually uh, signed up for English lessons, and that's how we know that he might have been coming to England, and then he started for started managing um, Chelsea. Fantastic. All right. So a brilliant, brilliant result. And uh, just uh, going back in time a little bit, guys. Um, I just wonder if we could. We're not going to go through this in 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 very detail, but um, there were two games that uh, BFTB hasn't really covered. Uh, let's start off with the 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 one before this game against uh, Wolves. Two one win against West Ham. Um, Ray, any uh, comments on that? Obviously, a very vital win, but uh, uh, what what are your recollections or comments about that one? Oh, my
1: comments. Um, I thought we were too slow. I felt there were far too many changes, um, too many players who haven't played much recently. People like Torres, Aguero, KDB, even Walker and Fernandinho, they haven't had much game time recently to put so many players in in one game. I thought it uh, really um, threw us off, off balance. Uh, um, for me, I would have had at least um, one of um, Foden or Sterling or, and one of Bernardo and Concello. I think they would have made a, a big difference. And for, for, for periods of that game, it felt like early season city, it felt like the city that were, you know, huffing and puffing and and, and struggling a bit. You know, West Ham offered uh, a reasonable amount, especially that second half. I didn't think KDB offered a lot. Um, and, you know, we, we didn't really have a go at them the way I thought we could have done. You know, they, they have a, a lad at left back called uh, Ben Johnson and, you he got an early yellow card and Mares wouldn't run at him. I didn't understand that. You know, he didn't take him on for ages. And you just think, you know, a young lad, he's on a yellow card. He, you know, he's worried about making a mistake, especially near the box or in the box. Run at him every time you got the ball. See if you can get him sent off. See if you can uh, make him make a mistake. And actually. Uh, I think uh, our second goal came from that. Mara's actually ran at the kid, and i just think the kid delayed a little bit. Mara's got the run on him, went on the outside, put the cross in, and you know, we ended up scoring. But I've got to say, West Ham had, had one player that really interested me. That Jesse Lingard, I think he could go places.
0: Oh, <laughs> Jay Lings, Jay Lings. <laughs> um, it, it is comforting, um, isn't it, Colin, to know that when your front men aren't doing it... Um, your two central defenders can uh, put the ball in the net and uh Diaz scored 31st minutes. Stones in the 68th um they flanked obviously the goal by Michel Antonio but um it's uh, it's been a while since we've seen you know regular goal scoring uh center backs um did that please you
2: well yeah i just said it. it's like Pep's such a genius he's even got the center backs playing as false nines now um, yeah, that was a tough game against West Ham. We weren't at our best, but again, it was what watching West Ham play was a bit like watching us play, wasn't it? They, um, they, you know, the movement was good. They broke very quickly. They defended very well, and um, you know, the chosen one has got them playing some great stuff. And, and let's hope um, they can they can stick to it and end up in the top four.
0: Yes, uh, one player that he seems to have. Um reinvigorated a little bit uh, the aforementioned uh, Mr. Jesus, who uh, scored the second goal in a 2-0 win against Borussia Mönchengladbach Ray in the, the Champions League. Nice little cushion uh, to take into the next game. Um, I, let me try to ring out of you um, some comments about uh, Gabby Jay, and has he been um, sort of maybe uh, <laughs> altering your opinion a little bit, or what yeah. do you think? He hasn't yet. I mean, look, I'm just looking at my my notes.
1: Camby um, J, 53 minutes, fluffed his lines again. When will he learn? Um, and and that's that's the thing, you know. For all the good stuff he does, all the wonderful running, hard work, um, coming back to collect the ball, laying it off, um, good, fantastic team play. He, for me, he still isn't clinical enough. And and I know he practices. You know, it's on his mind. But he just needs to be a lot more clinical. And I've I've said it since the early days. That's the only issue for him. Um, besides, he, he's, well, he's better at not getting offside. He needs to work on his heading because I think half the head as he does hit his shoulder. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is he's got to have some composure in front of goal because I can't forget things like... um the Champions League game against Lyon last season, where the cross came in, he had a volley. All he has to do is hit it reasonably well on target. Um, and it should be a goal from the distances out. And he, and he fluffed it. Um, so it, it's just getting, um, that consistent, consistency in front of goal quality and, you know, and composure, not um, flashing hard or, Hitting the ball as hard as you can, not worrying where the keeper is, because you know, if you hit it straight at the keeper, there's a good chance he's going to save it. You've got yeah, that, to, to put it in the net rather than just smash it as hard as you can.
0: Yeah, that sort of you know ice in the veins in front of goal is really a you know just such a you know a rare quality. And you think of the dearth of um, slim pickings there are for potential uh, replacements for uh, Sergio Aguero. Uh, going forward, it's a priceless quality uh, that uh, you know. Prime Agüero certainly had in, in spades. He, I, I do agree with you, Ray. And uh, it, it it always seems to me that um, it, when Pep really can continually bigs up a player, as he's been doing with Gabriel Jesus, he's doing that publicly. Really, to to try to put some confidence into the guy because he feels the same way that you do. That he should be doing a little bit better, but there has been a marked improvement. Just want to finish off with one thing, uh, Colin, before we before we see if we can ring an agreement out of Ray. Did you feel that in the game against Wolves, um, man of the match was Riyad Mahrez for a change?
2: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I think he yeah deserved it. I mean, he was involved constantly and. Um, uh, uh, He's, he was so dangerous, wasn't he? Uh, quite often with Mahrez, the criticism is he doesn't get involved in the games. And he was absolutely involved. His touch was impeccable. He used the ball well. You know, let's hope he's really uh, found his way in our system. And, and, uh, because he made a huge contribution. Uh, when, when you, He doesn't always.
0: Yeah. What about you, Ray? Will you, will you finally doff your cap to the Prince of Algeria? i loved off my cap. I mean, he got the
1: man of the match on our channel. I think he got an 8.5, um, just ahead of Gabriel Jesus with an 8.4. So you got to give Gabby a bit of credit as well. He had a, got a couple of goals, but Mares got the goal, got an assist. Uh, crazily, I believe the, the cross for the own goal doesn't count as an assist, which uh-huh. I, I, don't, I don't understand that. Someone said that to me a couple of days ago. I don't understand how that happens. Um, but look, he had a decent game and uh, I'll get credit where it's due.
0: He had a good game. Guys, the next game that we have got coming up is the much-anticipated uh, derby where Manchester City are, of course, playing against uh, Moulder Two 2.0 um, or Stretford, as other people uh, call them. Now then, how do you think this is going to go, Colin?
2: <laughs> well, it's a derby, you know... Um... But, yeah, when you look at the way United are performing, I mean, they're, they're quite good at going away to the top teams and, and getting an, a draw, a nil-nil draw. That's their almost signature result, isn't it, this season? Um, yeah. But, but uh, you know, none of the top six teams are really playing that well. And and that game against Chelsea was um, just a complete ball fest. I mean, you know, I think we're going to talk in a minute about people claiming City winning all the time is boring. But... You know, I I watched some of that United Chelsea game, maybe the last 15, 20 minutes, and, you know, they were just strolling around. There was no urgency whatsoever. And um, it it seemed like they, well, it seemed like both teams were happy for a nil nil draw. Well, you know, if they come to us um, playing for a nil nil draw, I don't think they'll get it because we're so much better than. you know, teams like Chelsea and Arsenal.
0: Um, Ray, if you were Mr Ole Summer Solstice uh, and you wanted to get a result out of this game, uh, what would be your tactical approach, given it all that we have seen from both teams? Again, what do you, uh, you mean against? How, how, how would Man, U- Man United try to go about getting a result against City? What tactical means does he have to do this?
1: Um, just kick, kick our players like just get in their faces and kick them. Um, I think that's it. I think United are going to have to work a lot harder than they do. Um, they're going to have to t- take some chances. They're going to have to put pressure on us up front. I think they have to take us on. If they, like Colin said, if they just are hoping for a nil nil, they won't get it. You know, uh, if they play for a nil nil, they won't get it. So they've got to look at, the situation is now for United, I and mean, we'll talk about the table in, in a bit. They cannot afford, really, to get another draw. They can't afford to get another draw because a lot of teams are catching them up. You know, The, the last two games have been draws. Uh, they've, they've drawn four out of the last five games. So teams are sneaking up. Chelsea are sneaking up. Everton are sneaking up. Even West Ham. Are sneaking up on United, and a draw in this game isn't enough because that gives all these other teams and Everton and West Ham. We've got games in hand. Even Spurs and Aston Villa have got games in hand. Um, everybody can they can get very close. A, a draw just asks, you know, a draw puts United under tremendous pressure, tremendous pressure, and it just means they're going to fight for the rest of the season to be in that top four, where realistically, they, you know. Four or five games ago, they thought it was a gimme and um, they could start to focus on their (laughs) Thursday Night Football Europa League campaign or something. Uh, And they're now in a really tough battle. Um, So they're going to have to go for it. They're going to have to actually go for a win, which I I don't think they want to do. But they're going to have to do what teams are not doing generally. But look, as I said, look at what Wolves can do. Look at what... West Ham could do against us. They have to go for it. They can't just hope to, you know, hold out and then get a a lucky goal. Try and keep it narrow at the back. Um, Try and double up on our wingers if they can. Try and stop um, our false nine. I think we will play a false nine against United. Um, But put a lot of pressure, if they can, on our defenders. And uh, if they get a chance, they've got to be clinical.
0: Yes, I, I probably, you know, another thing is what it seems it would take would be a really uh, great slice of luck and possibly a controversial VAR decision as well. But let's take a look at the table now, guys. Obviously, you've got that lovely, satisfying row of uh of green colored wins uh, for man City who are now 14 points clear United as uh, Ray referred to. they've now drawn four out of uh, uh, five and uh, I think Colin is perfectly right to say that the nil nil is their signature score. I hope it's not the score uh, when uh, when when we play them. but a uh, question I wanted to ask Colin um, um, with uh, this number of games down, if you had to bet, which three teams were going to join City in the top four, and you had to put money on it, a considerable amount. <laughs> what would be your three picks?
2: Uh, well, I think if I had to put money on it, I'd go for United and Chelsea, and um, I think I'd tend to go for Everton.
0: Right, so you so think Leicester
2: Leicester of- do tend to bottle it a bit at this stage of the yeah, season, but is, of course... it's what, well, I'd be happy to lose money if it was Leicester, West Ham and Everton with us. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you reckon, Ray? Um,
1: Leicester, I think with Leicester, their, their problem is they've lost to uh, Maddison and Barnes. Barnes is out for the rest of the season, I think. So I think that's certainly going to hurt them. Um, mm-hmm. So I think they could, well, drop out. I think United, they, they'll keep... Plugging away. Um, it, it depends how uh, a lot, if they lose to us, how that affects them. Um, but I think they keep plugging away. I'll go Man United, Chelsea, because on, under Tuchel they had to beat um, and they're scoring goals, not enough goals to win games. And I'm going to say Liverpool. Even
0: really? With, even, a, even with four losses in five? Yep. Five losses in six,
1: Michael. Um, I'm going to say Liverpool simply because um, they have they still have quality. They have issues, but they still have quality. Fabinho was back tonight, obviously Henderson's out for a while, and I think defensively they will be stronger with Fabinho there overall um, against most teams. I think that that's, that that back line is good enough, and at some point they will start scoring. Um, so I, I'll say Liverpool because you know they're not far off the top four. You know they're four points off Chelsea, so uh, I, I think it's doable. Um, yeah, but I don't mind being wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure I agree with Ray on that point, uh, Colin. Just yeah, considering think... just considering how often Chelsea what? got in behind them. But uh, the 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 one argument in favour of that is that a lot of their games will be against um, teams much lower down. What do you think?
2: Well, it doesn't seem to matter, does it? Burnley, Brighton beat them. Of course, they beat Sheffield United, but Sheffield United are doomed. So, I mean, it hardly um, means a resurgence. They didn't look very impressive tonight. I mean, there's a lot to admire about Liverpool. Their, their positioning is good. Uh, they move the ball well. Uh, you know, they find each other well, but there's no penetration there at all. I, I, you know, I keep saying this. I think teams have worked them out. Um, and the front three look very, very tired. Or uh, at right, Jota's back It may make a bit of a difference But I don't know You know, you, you can't all fall on his shoulders And the thing is If Liverpool were in fifth You'd say, yeah, I think they maybe got a chance But you look at Spurs a point behind them uh, And Everton, Spurs and Villa Villas have got two games in hand Against both Everton and Spurs Now, um, if Everton win their game on Monday I think it is against Leeds They will be six points ahead of Liverpool and they've still got to play Villa, uh, one of Villa's games in hand. Spurs have got to play Villa. So you could see whichever way those results go, um, Liverpool could drop back another place. And the more teams you've got above you, the harder it is for you to get that fourth place. Simple as that. It
0: is. You
1: know,
2: yeah. yeah.
1: Here's the funny thing, guys. If I'm right, uh, if uh, you know, we've got United... Coming up. I mean, Liverpool can only get um, a maximum of 11 points above, I think, to 76 points. And we're on 65 right now. Um, So if we win our next three games, I think, that's uh, United, Southampton, and Fulham, that's Saturday the 13th of March, that'll get us nine points. If Liverpool somehow lose their next two games, their title challenge is finished. So I mean, they got Fulham at home and Wolves. Do you think they'd beat? Well, them, I think they points behind
2: their title <laughs> challenges <is> finish. <laughs> finish. challenge. <laughs> <laughs> finished. I think their title
0: challenge
1: might have a while ago, actually. Yeah. And all right, and guys. The only the other thing I'm hoping for is Leipzig suddenly, you know, because uh, they play at Anfield, um, they can come back from that 2-0. And, and in the space of you know five days, Liverpool could be out of everything. Mm-hmm.
2: Did, that did I hear three. they had to play that game in Budapest again, though?
0: I think you did, actually. I think there was some um, annoyance about that from the fan bases that um, uh, Liverpool and Man City are in different positions because uh, City can play their uh, game in Manchester, whereas Liverpool have to go to uh, Budapest for for theirs. Um, I think that's... Um, got under the skin of, um, of... Do you know
1: why that is, Mike? Because they're both German teams. Oh, yeah. I, I know why it is, because of the, the German date. Um, uh, I, I remember this, because it was one day, I think it's the day after the Liverpool game, um, that, if I'm right, if I'm trying to root and get back in the depths of my mind, uh, the rules change in Germany. So right now, if the German players came over... They would have to quarantine when they went back. But I think the rules change uh, sometime in March, uh, after Liverpool have played Leipzig and before City played Bruce Mon- uh, Much and Gladbach. I think that's what it is.
0: Yeah, I think that it's not looking good for the the uh, the the red fan base. And uh, as uh, Liz Chapman uh, pointed out on Twitter um, just a little bit earlier when it starts to go wrong for Klopp, she says it generally goes spectacularly wrong. Mm. As she's referring to the end of his time at Mainz and also the end of his time at Dortmund. It seems that there might be um, an expiry date on on his ability to continually drag these energy-sapping, pressing performances out of his teams. But, um, yeah, let's not talk any more about them. Um, guys, uh Let's just go into extra time here and just talk about a few issues that are not necessarily concerned with the games themselves, but concern Manchester City. And I, I'd like to start off with this one, and um, Colin. We obviously got um, the uh, the the report in that um, apparently uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid, and at least one other Spanish team have been receiving illegal sums of money from the state. And uh, we all know, of course, that uh, the spokesman for their for for the Liga, Mister Tebas, uh, just a little bit before that, his timing was was pretty bad. Uh, you know, complaining about state owned and financed teams, which City technically are not. Um, what did you think of all of that palaver? It,
2: it, yeah, it was quite funny. Um, I think the two other clubs were. Um, Atletico Bilbao and Osasuna, mm-hmm. um, so, and basically what seems to have been happening is that the, the Spanish authorities have given them favourable tax treatment, mm-hmm. and so so basically they've not been paying the level of tax that they other clubs have have been paying, and uh, this case has been going on for a while, and um, like a Spanish court rejected it, but the European Court of Justice um uh, held that it was state aid now, the only downer is that they've been o- only ordered to repay up to no more than five million euros per club, and the Spanish authorities can reduce that if they see fit. i don't quite um understand why but it you know it, it it's very embarrassing for them and, and and I think um Senor Tebas would have been better off keeping his mouth shut because he seems to be very quiet today um. <laughs> Uh, and um, Simon Mullock asked me if, if I had a contact number for him. So I said, yeah, uh, it's one 800 hypocrite," but the line seems to be quite busy. Um, but the, the thing so,
1: is, yeah. Cole, they've been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. They, they've had this charity status, um, and they're paying something like 5% tax, but they've been doing it for 20 years. So how many titles has that helped them to win? over the last 20 years by not being yeah, as much... How much money
2: has is it, is it put into their coffers, effectively? Yeah. And, of course, you've got Real Madrid with the, um, you know, the selling of their training ground to the local authority um, and then buying it back at a, you know, for peanuts. And it's just blatantly corrupt. And what annoys me is, I say, Real Madrid and Barcelona will have to pay no more than €10 million euros between them, having basically defrauded um the system for 20 years as you said 10 million euros maximum we will find 10 million euros for having done nothing wrong when cas cleared us you know, we will find what was it 20 million euros for failing ffp um and you know they may be they've been involved in large-scale well fraud basically um And you do wonder, I'm sure um, Chief Inspector Latourne has got his magnifying glass out and is on the trail as we speak. Um, So, you know, and I just wonder what Financial Fair Play has to say about clubs artificially inflating their revenue, because seem to have quite a lot to say about us supposedly artificially inflating our revenue. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Just moving on to another topic, guys. I'm generally curious about this. See if Ray has the answer. Now, um, obviously, there's talk about perhaps that uh, fans will be let in um, to stadiums uh, before the end of this season. Now, what is your understanding of what is going to happen with trophy league, trophy parades? Now, obviously, it would boil a lot lot of piss if um, City fans got to celebrate with an open top bus and the league, uh, the league title. Um, but are, are uh, is the, is there any truth to this um, thing that I keep reading, where Liverpool reckon that they're, oh, they're owed one for last year, and that they will get to have one as well? They they, they should be they should do the
1: the right thing and ignore. Uh, their title celebrations, you know, uh, it, it's, it's crazy. Uh, the situation from what I read last week, I think in stadium, in stadia that have over 40,000 capacity, there will be about 10,000 fans. Um, it's only for the last week of the season, though the FA or the Premier League are lobbying so that the second to last week, Weeks games are included so every single team can have a home fixture before the end of the season because it's highly, uh, you know, unfair. You could argue on 10 teams who, if it's just one game, their fans will not see uh, them all season. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see what happens there. And I don't know what's going to happen with the parade. Uh, As I said, Liverpool should do the right thing because for them to have a parade now, for me, it's just embarrassing. It really is embarrassing for them to have a parade uh, and potentially, <laughs> potentially for City to parade the, the Premier League trophy at our last home game, which is against Everton, in front of fans. Surely that should shame Liverpool and not to have a parade because what's the point? You know, you're doing something, it's like after the Lord Mayor show, you're doing something for last season, uh, let it go. I don't think they will let it go, but they really should because I mean, what, what, what they, I mean, what they're going to say? Oh, we had more fans at our parade than you had at your parade, or something ridiculous like that. It's, it's just embarrassing.
0: Where, we, where would you um, stand on that issue, Colin? I mean, it would seem a bit bizarre that City, you know, get to, um, to do this. Um, victory parade and what they are going to do like let Liverpool borrow the trophy for one of their own for last year
2: yeah, I, I think we should send our bus down to Liverpool <laughs> and do a little circuit and then come back again with the trophy I mean you know That's let's be thing, magnanimous but... in victory <laughs> well, whether our bus would survive the journey is another matter mind you I
0: <laughs>
1: Colin would you do it open top I think you
2: need armoured <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think there might be a few flying bottles of Copperberg there. Um, all right, guys. Um, any other issues before we, um, bring this to a, to a conclusion? Fashion. Can I talk about fashion just very briefly? Sure.
1: Pep's been wearing this D, uh, D squared court with the, it's, it's like an elegant court, long black court with the Manchester City logo on the back. And fans have been trying to, See whether <laughs> if they can buy this coat, it'll cut. Co- it's a D squared coat, so it's going to cost a pretty penny. But, uh, I 1700
2: don't think- quid, I think.
1: How much? <laughs> 1700, 1000, 1200
2: or 1700.
1: Wow. Yeah. Wow. But and also, Pep's been wearing this open arms sweatshirt, which is interesting. Some fans have been complaining, opposition fans, of course, that he's poli- wearing a political symbol because. Uh, open arms are a charity i think spanish charity um who their um, aim is basically to pick up um let, let's call them travelers uh in the sea um, um so they they pick them up i believe uh, and and uh, look after them so mm-hmm. he's been wearing that people have been trying to get that as well
0: mm-hmm.
1: people have been well
0: guys yeah i mean that 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 that's another topic topic entirely and uh yeah it's 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 kind of it, it looks like a, a Crombie his his uh, overcoat isn't it and it looks like a you know a a, a kind of a, a a plastic city badge has been badly ironed on on the back i'm not so sure about that one at all but um fun times fun times guys and just to um to ac- accentuate the fun i think i might um, treat myself to an epi- episode of the Anfield rap a little bit later, more in hope than expectation, because they do tend to, um, when they get beaten. Um, this is ne- this is the fir- the their the fifth, um, uh, the, the in their 129 year history. I've just learned they've never lost five league games in a row, so that's another record. This time it's for them. So I think I just might enjoy, um, you know, listening to that. Um, I'm sure you guys will spare yourself that uh, that pleasure, though, but. Um, well- Let's.
2: Yeah. It's very, very noble of you to <coughs> make that sacrifice for us, Michael.
0: <laughs> I will. I will. It just gives me a rich source of um, just wonderfully That's illogical
2: <laughs> excuses.
0: Anyway, all right, guys. Let's leave it there, and uh, we we three shall meet again. Um, Anon, as as one famous line from a Shakespeare play said. Um, so we'll just. Um, uh, express our gratitude to the guys uh, bid farewell and uh, i can promise you that after the game against uh, united we will be back so where uh, you've been listening to ray from the city fan tv youtube channel thank you so much ray it's been fab it's been a good night
1: uh, talking about three wins and uh, and the hopefully uh, the
0: demise of uh, our competitors indeed indeed it's the schadenfreude that that's just so thrilling here and uh thank you colin savage thank you so much for coming on
2: well yeah i can only echo ray's comments uh, and only add let's hope we're talking about another win next time we meet absolutely okay thank
0: you very much guys that'll do us for now and we'll finish off in the normal way so have one on us don't forget to have one on us and up the blues